everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. That means new books came out yesterday, and we have a new book. Uh, we have Linda Cohen Leugman with us. You might have read her first book, The Two Family House. We just finished The Wartime Sisters, and we just loved it. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes. Linda, what a good book. So for people who are listening, can you just give us a brief setup of what The Wartime Sisters is about? Sure. It's it's a, it's a kind of two stories overlapping. It's a, it's a family story, a story of two sisters who are estranged, um, but it's set on the home front during World War II. So it has that kind of historical um, mm-hmm. background to it. But these are sisters who grow up in Brooklyn, and they're very different. Um, one is sort of the younger, more emotional, very beautiful, irresponsible one, and one is the older, more cerebral, serious one. And they're just a lot of a lot of circumstances that get in the way of them having a good relationship, and they kind of separate. One moves to Springfield, Massachusetts, which is where the Springfield Armory was, and that is sort of a big historical focus for the book. And then the younger one comes and joins her there after they haven't seen each other for five years. So the title is really, I love the title. I didn't actually think of it, but I love the title because the sisters are at war with each other. Right. Yeah. It's also, you know, the war, the war, the war is going on in the background yeah. and the sisters are those two biological sisters, but it's also the community of women of, of all those other sisters um, who work and live at the Springfield Armory. Yeah. So it's yeah. a perfect both. name because it does talk about the sisterhood at the Armory and the sisters. You know, when you think about the sisters, Ruth and Millie, and it just starts out with a bang, how Ruth could not understand why Millie was so carefree. She was younger. She was the beautiful one. Um, do you think that, you know, this, it, uh, did you experience this? I know that sounds no. really silly. <laughs> no, I don't have a sister, actually. Um, but I grew up with my watching my mom and her two sisters. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't... There wasn't one who was the beautiful one and the smart one in their kind of relationship, but I definitely noticed all that, you know, growing up that there are roles that, that siblings get, that everyone gets really in a family. And I really wanted to explore that idea of, you know, can you ever break free of those roles that you're sort of assigned when you're young? You know, if you, if you spill your cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving when you're six years old, are you always the clumsy one? You know, right. for the rest of your life, when you're 50 years old, the people in your family call you the clumsy one. And I kind of think they do. Like, I think there are certain moments when families get together that sort of set that precedent and, and put those patterns into play. And so when I was growing up, my mom was kind of like the worrying one. She was the worry wart. And then she was the oldest. And then the middle sister was the very optimistic one. And then the young one was a lot younger. And so she was always the fun one. And they kind of, those were their roles, you know, and, and they, it was, it's just interesting to me to think about that. Um, and think if you can ever escape from those roles. Yeah. You kind of, it's true it, what you're saying. It is true. It, you can't escape it. And there are those uh, things like I have two sisters and then a brother that came along like 11, you know, I'm 11 years older. So my one sister was the baby for the longest time. Yeah. And she still will go, well, I'm still the baby girl. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why? Why is the Springfield Armory? What what came first in your story idea? Did you want to, because you did a lot of research for yeah. this book, and I I I was really glad to get to know about this this base. So if you will. I grew up actually about fifteen minutes from the Springfield Armory. Okay, and so my mom grew up in Brooklyn, and my first book that you mentioned before, the Two Family House, mm-hmm. um, was set in Brooklyn, and it was the setting. 
the, the house and the, the setting was really inspired by my mom's childhood. But when my mom was 18, her whole family moved to Springfield, Massachusetts. And all of those stories that my aunts and my mom told me, you know, just changed and shifted really abruptly. So there were all the Brooklyn stories, and then they became the Springfield stories. And the Springfield stories were always like disappointing. Like they didn't like moving to Springfield. They weren't happy about that move. And so I had originally really wanted to write sort of more that story, not, not thinking about the army at all, mm-hmm. just thinking I wanted to write about sisters in transition and sort of disappointment. And also my mom um, was in her senior year of high school when they moved. So she stayed behind Ooh, a few months to right. finish. And so that idea of like someone being left behind and then catching up later and what does that feel like? And then the armory, I decided to write about the armory because I just, I was going to have one older character in my story and the, she was going to have a backstory of having worked at the armory during World War II. But, but it was going to be like a paragraph in my book. Right. But I still had to do a little bit of research for a paragraph. And, you know, like a little bit of research is a very dangerous, terrible thing. (laughs) And so I started listening to these recorded oral histories that someone had the the presence of mind to make in the 1990s with women and men, too, actually, who had worked at the Armory and lived at the Armory during World War II. And when I started listening to them, they were just so fascinating. And it was such an interesting place that I decided I wanted the sisters from, you know, my characters that I had been thinking about to live there. Yeah, and, and, that's and I sent the story back so that it would be at the start of World War One. Yeah. Did the Benny Goodman story, did that really happen? That actually happened, yeah. Benny Goodman came to the Springfield Armory in, in September of 1943, and there really was this radio show um, called the Victory Parade of Spotlight Bands. And you can actually go online and, like, listen to some of the broadcasts. Wow. But it was a show. It was sponsored by Coca-Cola, and it they used to bring all these big bands, Tommy Dorsey and, you know, all, all these different big bands all around the country to different defense plants and army bases and to boost morale, and they would do a concert there, and then they, you know, the, the people who worked there could go to the concert, but then they broadcast it all around the country. So everyone, you know, could just sit at home and listen to it on their radio. Lori, yeah. that sounds like kind of your experience because Lori is a Air, Air, Air Force branch. Oh, was, wow. She was in Asia for quite a while. So. I, well, I just like that, you know, that whole kind of that base mentality or yeah. that, you know, all these people are everyone's working with the same idea. And I thought it was interesting in the Wartime Sisters, too, the, the, hints of racism that come out with um, like Grace accusing one yeah. woman of being a sympathizer with the Italian government that Italians mm-hmm. were looked at, oh, you know, with horribly. people raising their right. eyebrows. Jew- so many Jewish mm-hmm. people were not allowed, you know, you couldn't belong to this country club or that. So I think I thought that was, you know, I thought that really made it even more powerful because, you know, that went on. Or if yeah, you're German? The, the, the research that I did about Italian-Americans, I didn't do too much of it, but it's such a fascinating um, piece of our history. And I think it's something that people don't realize so much. You know, people are focused on, like, Japanese internment camps, you right. know, during that time after the war. But people don't realize that, like, Italian, the Italian-Americans um, who chose not to or who, for whatever reason, didn't actually end up becoming citizens yet they were really they 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 had to travel with papers and they they couldn't own homes near the coast there were there were all these different restrictions imposed on them and it wasn't so much on the east coast because i think there were so many italian americans on the east coast but in california especially it was really bad and i remember i read something about um 
Joe DiMaggio's father, because Joe DiMaggio's father owned a fishing boat, like in San Francisco, and all of these Italian fishermen had their boats taken away during that time mm. because they were they were afraid of spies and sabotage right. and stuff. And the only reason that he didn't have it worse was because he was Joe DiMaggio's father, but he still had his boat taken away. Yeah, and wow, it was fascinating. Yeah. You wouldn't think that. I mean, that's why I think it's so great to read history because you wouldn't think other, you know, like Italians, like they blend in with everybody, like of Swedish. Course. You know, you wouldn't expect that. Well, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah, I was very surprised. Yeah, we're <clears throat> such a fun book. It really, it really is. And I know, like, if people have read like The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, you know, I mean, I put this right up there. Has there been any? Like, do you hope your book becomes a mini series? Could you? Would you like oh, to gosh, see I that? Would- <laughs> Yes, of course I do. Um, I would love it. Do whatever you want with it. Do you want to make a miniseries? Well, you want to know what I like about it, and I think Gloria does too. I like like the thirties and the forties. I like the clothes. I like the women being so strong and making all the ammunition. You know, and the friendships and the bonds. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that was the thing when I listened to those interviews with the women. You know, um, on the Armory website, just they all. The thing that they all had in common was they all loved working at the Armory so much. There was this sense of camaraderie there. And it wasn't like the jobs were so fascinating. I mean, they were factory jobs. They were Mm -hmm. sitting at tables and putting together triggers or, you know, they were long hours. But they had such a sense of purpose and this kind of common goal. And and that there was just there was camaraderie, you know, and they they had dances for them and lunchtime concerts that the Works Progress Administration musicians put on all around the Armory. And and everything they 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 just were a huge family you know yeah. and i think that's something that's lost you know these days well oh, and they sure. were they were they had worthy. a united person they had, purpose yeah too. and it's yeah. kind of the first time probably a lot of them were in the workforce yeah. of that yeah. you know of in a meaningful way outside of parenting yeah exactly mm-hmm. absolutely well the book is so good it's called the wartime sisters um we have to ask you uh, linda what what's on your book stand or what's the last great book that you've read Oh, my goodness. I've been reading so many good things. I know. There's <laughs> so many good though. books out I right know. now. Fiona Davis's book, The Masterpiece, is so terrific. And, whose whose um, book is that? So, sorry? What's her name? I'm sorry. I didn't catch it. Um, it's Fiona Davis, and it's called The Masterpiece. And Fiona writes these books that are, they all focus on a central landmark, like a beautiful historic building in New York City. So The Masterpiece is set in Grand Central Terminal. Oh, but she cool. did one set at the Dakota Apartment Building, and her next oh. one is at the Chelsea Hotel. Um, so it's real, they're really fascinating stories. And then I just read this really neat book, um, called Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, which was not what I usually read. It's sort of fantasy. Um, cause I usually do kind of read historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Pam Jeloff's books and I love, um, Christina McMorris's books, um, all of those, but Naomi Novik's book, I don't even know how I came about it. I must've seen it somewhere. And that's a really interesting story cause it's, it's, Kind of a retelling of the Rumpelstiltskin um, story, but with mm. like a young female moneylender who oh. can like turn all of her debts into gold. So it's like that spinning straw into gold, but it's different. And so it's, I don't know, it's really neat. Okay. Neat that story. sounds really yeah. cool and different. Yeah. What a treat to meet you, Linda Cohen Long- Longman. Thank you. Where so are much you for located? Are you still on the East Coast? I'm yes, I'm in New York. Okay, I'm in New York. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on our show. Oh, we, thank you for we're having passionate so readers, much. and we're happy to learn about you. And the Wartime Sisters is a great book. Oh, you guys are terrific. Thank, thank you, you Linda. for your time. All right, take care. Okay, bye bye. When we come back, oh, we have uh, a notable music obituary, and we have two copies of the book to give away: six five one six four one one zero seven one.